born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Look at this verse. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, In other words, it doesn't matter how much of your life so far you have messed up. As long as you still can breathe today. And if you've got a pulse, you've got a purpose. And that you can still have beauty come out of ashes. And God can do wonderful things in your life. And you've just never seen it yet. And so you don't have to stay a failure. The purpose of studying the Word of God is God is a God of second chance and third chance and fourth chance and fifth chance. God never gives up on us. Look at this next statement. The oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness. Trees, people that bring forth fruits of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Get a chance, you read the first psalm. And the first psalm talks about we are like trees planted by the rivers of life, the, the rivers, and bring forth your fruit and your leaves. And, and God's going to bless you. Because, you see, you plant yourself by the, by the river. This, this is a river of life. And I'm a tree. And if I get my water, my strength, from the well of water, then I can have some, not only foliage, I can have some fruits of righteousness like God's talking about. So this is how you turn your failure into success. Now look at the first statement. Follow the path of righteousness. Where is that verse found? Psalms 23 verse 3. Can anybody remember what it says? Anybody know what it says? Nobody remembers that third verse. Well, nobody knows. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. He maketh me to, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the what? Paths of righteousness. See, God will never lead you in the wrong path. The Holy Spirit that indwells you will never lead you to do something contrary to the will of God. You can't do it. So the Holy Spirit is to teach us the Word of God. And believing what God's Word says, it leads us in the path. So I used to tell the college kids, take all the right you know to do and put it down in a list and just start doing whatever it says. Do it, whatever's right. 
and it'll become a path of righteousness. Simple. Look at the next statement. Alienate yourselves from bad, worldly fellowship. Look in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. There's a verse here that you need to see in your Bible. If you don't have it underlined, I would underline this verse in your Bible. Verse 33. Verse 33. Alienate yourself from bad, worldly fellowship. In other words, I do not have any close fellowship with anybody that doesn't walk with God. Just don't do it. Why? Because I don't want people pulling me down. That doesn't mean I don't try to win them to the Lord. doesn't mean I don't try to challenge them to do right. But they're not going to be my close friends or close fellowship because I need friends who also walk with God. You show me the people you hang around and you can tell an awful lot about that person. So you want to help people up. In other words, you're walking along and you, there's a hole there. And lo and behold, you look down and, and there's some people down in there. There's nothing wrong in trying to help them get out of the hole. What you've got to watch is them pulling you into the hole. It's kind of like this. If I had a white glove and there's a mud puddle. If I throw this white glove into that mud puddle, does the glove become muddy or does the mud become glovey? Now, one is going to affect one. Something's going to happen. So now, do I want to be a white glove or I do want to be a mud puddle? I want to affect people and try to help them in the right direction. But you don't have to get into the pit with them. I don't have to be a lawyer to win a lawyer. I don't have to be a doctor to win a doctor. I don't have to be a hippie to win a hippie. But anyway, look in verse 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. That's what that verse is talking about. The white glove in the mud. The mud is going to affect the glove. Now, we are in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. But we're in the world. And God has put it. And that's why he says, you pose the, every once in a while, wash your feet. Now, we don't have foot washing here because that was a type. It means uh, learning how to walk with God. And as you go through this world, you're going to get your feet dirty. So you, you kind of wash your feet. But you don't need a complete bath. But look what he said. Evil communication corrupt good manners. And so you can have a person who has good manners, but you hang around the wrong kind of people and they can corrupt those good manners and they can ruin your testimony because you're learning how to go from being a failure to being a success and this will help you. I'll look at the next statement. Indulge yourself in spiritual desires, Colossians in chapter 3. Colossians in chapter 3. You got your Bible? Make sure you're looking at it. I know y'all don't have it committed to memory. Colossians chapter 3, look in verse 1 and 2. But here in Colossians in chapter 3, look in verse 1. If ye then, if, be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God... Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. So God tells us something here. As he says in that word, if ye then be risen with Christ. Well, wait, 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 wait. He died 2,000 years ago. The resurrection of Christ was 2,000 years ago. How did I go? I was raised with Christ. We see, whenever he died 2,000 years ago, who did he die for? What he died for me. So in God's eyes... It was just like I went to the cross and I died on that cross. 
It was like I died on that cross and paid for my own sins. I didn't really do it. He did it in my place. So what he did, when I believe it, is put to my account as though I did it. So when God sees me, I was on the cross. And I was paying for my sins. And I died. And I was buried. And I came back from the dead. And I rose with Christ. And I'm seated in the heavenlies in Christ. So you see, Christ did all of that. And it was all put to my account as though I did it. So that's why I can't go to hell and pay for sin. Because I already died and paid for my sins. He did it for me. I get the credit. So when he says, if this is true, and it is true, judicially, this is true. This is how God sees it. If you then be risen with Christ, then you're seated in the heavenlies. But lo and behold, you know, in reality, I'm still here. So he says in the very next verse, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. So if I want to be a success in this world, then I need to set my desires, my affection on things that are above. The things that are going to be in heaven when I, when I get there. So God says, if I will serve the Lord here in this life and serve him faithfully, it doesn't affect my destination. I'm going to heaven because of what he did. But what I have when I get to heaven depends upon what I do for him. So I'm going to heaven because he loves me. I'm going to be rewarded because I love him. So if I would serve the Lord here in this life, it's not in vain. It's not a waste. I'm going to be successful when I get to heaven and he's going to give me rewards. Uh, That's the proof, the evidence of successfully living for the Lord in this life. So you see, I don't want to be a failure. I'm not interested in so much as what everybody else does. What about me? It's my decision. And nobody can stop me from serving God. And I can't make anybody serve God. Can I make you serve God? <laughs> Wished I could. But you can't make somebody serve God. You can make them obey certain rules and regulations, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I could come to your house with a shotgun and say, look, if you don't go to church this morning, I'm going to blow you in half. So you might come to church. Yay! Yeah, but he's not persuaded to come on his own. (laughs) He's doing it because he doesn't want me to shoot him in half. Serving God has to be from your own heart because of what he's done for you. And you can't force that. That's why if I can't win a person with truth, I can't win them. And I don't want somebody doing something just because, well, if that's what the preacher wants me to do. Who am I? I am a sinner saved by grace. No different. We're all sinners saved by grace once we trust Christ as Savior. Look at the next statement here. Number four down here, look at the examples of others. Look in Philippians in chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Just turn to your left a couple of pages and you're right there. Philippians chapter 3. And it tells us a few things to, to look at. But we'll start there in verse 15 because verse 15 is a very good statement. He says, let us therefore, as many as be mature, perfect, meaning mature. Uh, You can trust Christ as Savior, you're a child of God, but that doesn't mean you're mature. There's a lot of people born into this world. Just because they're born into the world, does that mean they're automatically mature? 
You ever seen a mature one year old? <laughs> I've seen some people 50 years old and not mature. But anyway, we're moving right along. He says, And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. See, when you are maturing in the Lord and you are submitting yourself to the will of God and you're growing in the Lord and it's something that's still not right in your life. Well, then God says, live according to the light that you have. And if something is missing, then God can reveal that to you. And it might be because you'll hear something taught from the Word of God or somebody will express something to you. And it makes you alert, discerning, and you want to correct that because you want to be successful in your Christian life in every area of your life. So then he says this, verse 16. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, see those three little words, let us walk. Whatever you have learned from the word of God, obey. Start living according to what you already know and go from there. See, there's a lot of things in our life that we maybe would like to forget to pass. Don't go there. Just let it go. And that's why you find up here, there's a verse that talks about forsaking those things which are behind. That's in verse 13. It says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are where? Behind. Because if you're going to focus on where you're going, then you're going to have to forget what's behind you. See, the devil will destroy you by trying to always dig up the past. And that's why a good friend who wants the best for you won't always try to bring up the past and throw it in your face. That's what people who walk in the flesh, that's what they do. Because, see, if you ever hurt a person, the only way they can hurt you is not so much with the future, because you haven't lived it yet, is they look for whatever is wrong in your past and throw that in order to hurt that person. You don't want to be guilty of doing that. So then notice there's another verse I want you to say, verse 17. Brethren, so we're talking to believers, those who know the Lord, be followers together of me. Mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. Do you know why I try to get college kids to come to college? College age kids? Because I want to teach them how to walk. You see, believers are not automatically known how to walk with God. Since I've been doing it for 59 years, I think I can probably help them a little bit, get over some of the rough spots in their life, and I can teach them, why do I do what I do? And I have chapter and verse, and so I can take the Word of God and try to help this person and and help that person. Because without it, they're going to be an absolute 100% failure. They're not going to make it. Because the lust of the flesh, (laughs) that is so strong. It is going to ruin your life. And the devil is so smart. He's been in the business for over 6,000 years. He knows how to ruin every person's life. He knows how to do it. Look at the next statement here in your notes. Unite with a good, sound Bible church called the Colorado... Colorado. <laughs> how many times I've done that? Northside Baptist Church. How many times I've done that? What's the name of the church? Calvary Community Church. In other words, have a good, strong 
Bible church that you go to to learn the Word of God. Why do you think I want people to come to church? To see me. (laughs) I could send them a picture. I want them to hear what God's Word has to say because God got something He wants to say. And you have something you need to hear. And so that's why it is so important to learn the Word of God. Now take your Bible and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy in chapter 3. Now there's another book called 2 Timothy. You went too far. 1 Timothy is right before 2 Timothy. See how helpful I am? And chapter 3, and look in verse 15. But if I tarry now, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of what? Truth. So the Bible is the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Chapter 17 of the Gospel of John, verse 17 says, Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. So when you study the Bible, you're studying truth. So the purpose of the church is to teach you the truth. You're not going to learn this watching Hannity. Now you can learn a lot of things about government and things like that. Or Rush Limbaugh, you can hear him all day long. But how is any of those fellows going to help you spiritually? Not a one of them will do it. They can't. Why? Because they don't talk about what the Lord says. They are experts at telling you what is going on in government. And they're always thriving on crisis. Because without a crisis, see, they can't exist as a radio commentator. They have to have a crisis all the time. They find something that's wrong and then they've got to magnify it and make you listen to what they have to say. And after they say all these things about it, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Call and let me know if you agree with me. You watch it whenever they ask a question on the radio they'll, I mean, or television. They'll say, blah, 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 blah. Don't you agree with me? I just did my dialogue. Don't you agree with me? No, God says, blah, 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 blah. Do you agree with God? This is important. This is the truth. So the church is the pillar of truth. So that's why when you come to church, you're supposed to learn the truth. I'm not supposed to lie to you. Not supposed to. I'm not supposed to deceive you. One of the verses I want you to see real quick. Look there in the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. And look at this verse. This is what the Apostle Paul, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, wrote to these Corinthian Christians. In verse 2. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Because you know you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. You really can. You can twist verse after verse after verse and make it say anything that you want. Paul said, we don't do that. Then the next part says, but by manifestation of the, and here's that word, truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. This is why you're supposed to learn the word of God so that you can, you know, discern right from wrong, truth from error. And you can do this. So look at the next statement. Run the race to receive an incorruptible crown. 
And we just read that. But I want you to see another verse that I did not bring out to your attention. So look there in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And look in verse 27. Verse 27. The last part of this verse is very important. If you want to be a success in God's eyes, you should not be desirous of being put on a shelf. In other words, set apart and not used. You see, be like, I'm a hammer. You know, that's what I am. I'm a hammer. And there's some construction workers. And they got work to get done. And you know what they need? They need a hammer. I want to be a tool they can use. I want to be a tool God can use. I don't want God to say, you know, this, this hammer's not in very good shape. I'm just going to lay it over here to the side. What if, but that, what if that was me? You see, you've got to keep yourself to the place where God can use you. So it's not so much as your ability, it's your availability. Have you ever tried to hang a picture and you got a nail and you forgot, oh, the hammer's way over there. Have you ever tried to get your shoe off and hammer it with a shoe or try to get anything that's close by? But, but you're going to use whatever you can reach. I'm a three-cent pencil. Now, there's a lot of $5 pens that God has, but they're not faithful, so God can't use them. They have a lot more talent and ability, but God is just looking for dedicated nobodies, people that he can use for his honor and for his glory. And if he has to use a, a three-cent pencil or somebody that don't seem like they got it all together... God delights in showing himself strong on the behalf of somebody who yield themselves to the Lord. And that's what he does. So see there in verse 27. But I keep under my body and guard and bring it into subjection. Now look at this. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. That means God's not going to cast away his salvation or he can lose his No, it's talking about your usefulness to the Lord. It's like running a race, but you get disqualified because you didn't run it right. Is the decisions that we make on a day-by-day basis, are they very important when we think God doesn't see everything and know our heart, know why we do what we do, know our motives? And I do not want to be disapproved, set on the shelf. And that's what that's talking about. Look at the last thing here in your notes, enjoy the time reading and praying to the Lord. Because you see the Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, and the long-suffering, peace, and goodness, and faith, meekness, and temperance, and all these good things. That's because you're doing what God wants you to do. So you should enjoy reading the Bible. Now, let's say, for example, kids go to camp. What's one of the things we always try to get those kids to do? Learn verses. Because we know that the, the ball games will be over and all our jokes will be gone and they won't be laughing at those anymore. And, and, and all the food, well, we, we enjoyed that. But those verses are seeds planted into their mind that may not hatch for 20 years. But seeds are planted in the mind. And we believe in planting seed. Planting the word of God. Why? That's our confidence in the word. Confidence in the Bible. 
So you see, if, if we want to do what's right in the lives of other people, we try to plant the word of God in their minds because we have confidence in it. So this last thing here, enjoy the time reading and praying to the Lord. Now, if you come to church and we read the word of God, and I say, take your Bible and turn to, oh no, here we go again, the Bible. Now, do you think that makes God happier? Maybe grieve the Holy Spirit just a little bit. We should do what we do because it's a joy. To tell people how to have eternal life ought to be a joy, not a drudgery. Well, I got to go give a heaven track. Oh, boy. Lord, I don't want to do this unless it's your will. If you're still here within a half an hour, I'll know that you want me to give them a track. 29 minutes after they left. Man, I almost did that in in the energy of the flesh. Because you know you want to be spiritual when you do something like that. Can you witness really at the wrong time? I don't know. Can you witness to the wrong person? Can you witness to the wrong person? Go in all the world and preach the gospel to every person except the wrong person. Okay, well, who would be the wrong person? So it doesn't matter who it is, maybe the time. You know what I did in church one time? I think I did it here one time. I'd everybody tell, when did you trust Christ as Savior? And believe it or not, there was somebody who trusted the Lord on every day of the week. Then I said, on what time of the day did you trust the Lord? Some at 5 o'clock in the morning, some at noon, and some at this time. And just about every hour was taken. Which showed you, you can lead people to the Lord any day, at any time of the day. People can get saved. Anyway, you want to be a failure or you want to be a success? Hmm? So I just don't know. It's just a hard decision to make. All right, look up here. Look up here. This hen represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now, he hates what we do wrong, but he loves us. So God loves everybody in the room. Even those watching by internet. God loves us, but he hates our sin because our sin separates us from the Lord. And the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. And God wants us to go to heaven, and to go to heaven we have to be perfect. But nobody's perfect. You can't earn eternal life. You'll never live good enough to go to heaven. And that's why we need a Savior. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead and said if we would believe he did it for us, he'd put that payment to our account. We get to go to heaven on what he did for us. So you don't earn that. You don't work for that. Eternal life is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Let's pray, shall we? Head bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. If you're watching by internet, right on the screen says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. And if you've never done so before, but you will do so now, would you let us know just by clicking on that little YouTube button? If you're here in the audience tonight, and if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, God loves you, sent His Son to pay for your sins, and if you'll believe He did it for you, He'll put that payment to your account, and you'll have a payment for all of your sins. You get to go to heaven, not because you deserve it, but because God loves you enough to give it to you as a gift. And he'll never cast you out and never lose you. It's the best news I ever heard in my life. 
and with heads bowed and eyes closed, is there anyone at all say, yes, that made sense to me, and right now I will trust Christ as my Savior. If you'll do that, would you let me know by just slipping in it very quickly and put it right back down. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But it's just, a, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. I want to be certain of going to heaven when I die. Is there anyone at all? Anyone at all? Our Father, we thank you again for this time together. Bless each one for being here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.